On tonight's show, we take a visit to the crypt with the Crypt Keeper. We watch Tales from the Crypts. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that a lot. And the laugh, probably, too. I don't know why. <laughs> Welcome to the Flixology Podcast, a podcast that looks at all forms of media, analyzes it, and dissects it, whether it be movies, television, music, and sometimes, if we feel fancy, literature. I'm your host, John, and joining me as always is my wife and probably Crypt Keeper fan extraordinaire, April. April, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Got no complaints over here tonight. You, you got out of that crypt, huh? Uh, sure. <laughs> we could say that. Uh, well, yeah, I guess we could. Um, so we watched, believe it or not, and I can't believe it ran for this long either, um, 1989's to 1996 Tales from the Crypt, starring John Cassiter, and basically this show hosted by is hosted by the Crypt Keeper, a wisecracking corpse performed by puppeteers and voiced by John Cassiter, who tells like horror stories through um, various old, uh, well through through the form of comic and through the way of storytelling as these are not your are you afraid of the dark type of stories these are your these are these dark stories that you hear about dark tales <laughs> from the crypt April what is your history with this show uh what is not my history with this show is more like it I've been watching this show on and off for I don't know since it came out um I was just a kid when this came out I remember it used to come on really late at night and we used to sneak and watch it and mm -hmm. like literally the intro song like i will never forget it it's like fused in my brain forever mm -hmm. since childhood <laughs> yeah and then like the iron gates um oh, yeah. and, and like the smoke and like going into like the mansion and just the skeleton and everything you know it really tripped me out it used to spook me out like really bad when i was a kid and like i could see why why we shouldn't have watched this show because there's a lot of like nudity and violence and such in it but whenever you're a kid you don't really think about stuff like that you're just like scared out of your mind when you watch it so for me um it was mainly just like i don't know one big like don't get caught, like, watch this show. And then as I grew up, like, later on, I went back and rewatched it, and I was like, I can't believe I watched this show as a kid. Um, <laughs> right? It's but like, it's, still it, good. It, it's very HBO. Yeah. Like, it has HBO vibes, right? So, well, it, um, well, it was on HBO. Yeah, but like, some of the um, episodes that I went back and rewatched, like, over the years have just been like, what? <laughs> what? Like, I, I don't even know. I don't think, you know, small brains can even, like, comprehend. Well, for me, I remember the show because, again, Friday night AMC Fright Fest thing. It would show a couple of episodes if there was, like, a gap between, like, the next movie and then the movie after that. So there would be, like, maybe two or three episodes of this before they eventually stopped doing that. Um, this was kind of, like, the same thing for me. I was... I was not addressed to, like, this type of horror early on. So this was, like, my first introduction to this show. This is my first introduction to that type of horror. And it freaked me out. And, again, I'd be flipping the channels and then going back and, like, seeing, like, how the story would end. Because that's the thing about Tales from the Crypt. You think the story's going to end one way, and it always ends 
way out of left field. Whether yeah. it be this was all planned of a kill, they're actually ghouls, they're something that's just like that would completely change the story at all. And I really liked it. Like going back now and knowing what I know now about the history of the show, considering it's based on this 1950s comic series. Um, basically it was from EC comics and basically these were literally comics that you would get a horror story printed in and you would sell it to the public for like a like quarter or whatever. And kids had access to get this. Yeah. Well, and too, like I will say that all throughout the, um, uh, show or whatever, the series, there's like little strips of comics like in and out of it too that you see like on the screen that like flash up or whatever that's really cool and like so i always thought that was just like advertisement for the show but i didn't realize it actually came from a comic book until recently you know well you know that's the thing like some of the stories that we have actually watched like for example there's one i won't spoil this anyway uh there's one episode there's one episode in season one where this couple gets married and this guy has a dream of like his wife's family history or whatever and he sees like the mom get married and she kills the husband and he wakes up and then the daughter kills the the guy who dreamed this and it all was planned by the mother and daughter so she could get pregnant dude so basically yeah she used to get pregnant i think like but some of the episodes are really messed up like lifetime movie-esque like that um oh yeah no definitely some of them were like you know, the supernatural, like, fantasy-type vibe. And some of them were set back in, like, another time period, you know? Or, like, in Egypt or whatever. Uh, but the one that, like, really always stuck with me was one of the early ones with, like, the Santa Claus, man. Like That is actually a really... out. Where, like, the wife murders the, the, I guess, the cheating husband. She murders her husband. She doesn't say why she murders him, I don't think. And she can't call the cops, and there's, like, a murderous Santa Claus running around and everything. Yeah, because she's trying to hide one dead body, but yet she's being hunted in her own home. And, like, it, like, really messed me up for a long time. Um, one episode that messed me up was, like, the circus episode. And this was a time period. Oh, the circus the episode. One, the one where it's, like, a psychic uses a gorilla to kill a man because he killed her lover. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one's... St- I I have not forgotten that episode since I was like 13, 14, and I watched it at the beach. Like that's how much I knew. Like that's how I knew where I was. I knew when I how old I was, and it has always stuck with me. And I hate to admit it, I have literally seen every episode of Tales from the Crypt because <laughs> during the pandemic. We literally had nothing to do, and I had just bought in the box set that Halloween. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I guess I'm finally going to use this. I had a great time during the pandemic <laughs> days. I would just, some days I would just work from home or whatever, and I would literally just have Tales from the Crypt playing, and I was like, I'm pretty happy right now. Hey, why not live in the moment? Hey, I finished. I think everybody tried to find joy in whatever way they could during the whole quarantine pandemic. Well, it was either Tiger King or Tales from the Crypt for me. (laughs) Dude, Tiger King. I feel like Tiger King wouldn't have been nearly as successful if it hadn't come out when it came out. It was like prime timing. Everybody needed Tiger King. Oh, man, that is true. 
But, you know, going back to what I was saying about the comic book, it is really cool that they actually do put, like, the stories that were in the books that they sold back in the 1950s, but and they put it on the show, but they updated it for the show and kept it within the time period and everything. I it, thought that was cool. Sometimes I wish that I could have grown up in the 50s, like, not because of, like, I don't know, the rampant racism and, like, lack of medical science and stuff like that. Not for the bad reasons, but for the good reasons. Like, how cool, like, how people used to read and, like, non-digital read. Like, they used to, like, literally read the newspaper and not get it, like, sent to their phone, you know? Um, And having, like, the old ghost stories and having, like, the old ways of doing things mm-hmm. um not having a phone and like being more creative in your childhood and like um like seeing the old movies at the drive-in and stuff like i just think it would be really cool to like experience that type of media um uh, because we got a little taste of that when when we were kids you know yeah. well i think um, before you... cell phones and apps and all of that but kids nowadays like they don't have that experience at all well you know i think when you watch a movie like the tim curry 1989 it where you get a little glimpse into the 50s or even reading like it like i did and seeing that time period too you know i would have longed just to go to it just to like go to a drive-in and see like one of those really bad awful b horror movies where it's like the giant ant attacking the city or whatever yeah i would have loved that no that's that's what i'm saying like that would be so cool just to see like pictures and theater before it became all that it is now with like marvel and uh like effects and spielberg and you know monsters and stuff like seeing what it was back then don't talk bad about my marvel man <laughs> hey, I'm not talking about about Marvel or anything. I'm just saying I wonder what it was like to really experience horror before it became what it is today. True, I'll give you that. But you know, tell us from the going back to the show. I think the one thing that that drives everyone to watch this show, or at least has some interest to drive people to watch this, what is st- what's not only the story we're going to hear because it's a different story every week, which I love that. And you see that now with American Horror Stories that they're doing right now. But what in the world are we going to hear from some stupid little one-liner that the Crep Keeper is going to say before and after every episode? And you get that. And he tries to tie it into the story. And the costumes, dude. Like, he dresses Uh, up for every single episode differently. There so. We, again, we, we own this on DVD. We own all, I still can't believe, like seven seasons. And there's like, I go through the DVD extra menu because I have to. Yeah. So there was a music video of the Crep Keeper rapping. No. I do not remember what the song is called. And honestly, it did not dawn on me until now. Because otherwise I would have shown you when we were watching the disc. And it kind of reminded me of when Bart Simpson did a song called Do the Bart Man. So I just could not believe that they kept that. And he's wearing like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Bland Beetle 
member jacket and uniform and everything. Yeah. I was just like, oh no, how crazy did we get? <laughs> I remember him doing like the jail outfit and the ex the executioner episode. Oh, dude. That, that is one my freaked me out. So the very first episode is like this executioner episode where he loses his job because the state took away the death penalty and that's all he was good at. So he goes around and starts killing people who he thinks are like guilty. I love that episode so much because it's literally William Sadler just talking to the camera and he's telling you why he's doing this. Just like when you would read like the little block blocks on a comic strip when they're like doing their own narration or like yeah. their own internal monologuing. I love that episode so much. It's Is that called a noir? Like whenever no, they speak no, to the camera like, like that? Or no, no, it's just breaking the fourth wall. Oh, okay. Kind of like what Deadpool does, but Deadpool does it, like, in a comedic way. Noir is more like the Maltese Falcon. Um, the Big Lebowski is a, a version of a noir film. Oh, okay. It's like a mystery. Okay. Um, speaking of guest stars, as I mentioned, William Sadler, can we talk about how many guest stars were on the so show? So many guest stars. I have it's found... It's kind of like The Simpsons, you know? Like... I have found... I'm just going to list off a couple. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Benicio del Toro. Uh, Cheech Marin. Beetlejuice's Catherine O'Hare. Ooh, Beetlejuice. We actually saw that one. That was the one where she was like, it was like her, her and Peter McNichol, and she was like destined to be like a public servant for the rest of her life. Oh, yeah. That was a weird episode. That would be a nightmare. The Christopher Reeve episode, which I love that episode, where he runs a diner and Judd Nelson's like, yeah, I can make your, uh, I can make your place uh, better if you trust me. And he's serving like human meat, and doesn't know it. <laughs> I love how there's always like a dirty salesman or like a dirty John, like in the episodes, who's like somebody doing something, yeah, horrible, or one of the seven deadly sins, and then like they always get revenge. <laughs> uh, Dan Aykroyd, Daniel Craig, Demi Moore, Don Wrinkles, Ian McGregor. Joe Pesci was on this show. Joe Pesci. I remember that episode. Uh, Kirk Douglas, Lance Henriksen, Martin Sheen, Meatloaf, Michael J. Fox. Meatloaf the band? Yeah, the singer. Wow. Um, John Stamos, John Lithgow, a computerized version of Humphrey Bogart, and that was crazy at the time. Tim Curry, Travis Tritt, which that is a great episode. Dude, Travis Tritt. Do you remember that one? Literally, okay, like very vaguely, but I love Travis Tritt. Uh, we gotta find it. I gotta show you that one. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Steve Buscemi, Rod, Roger Daltrey, and Guns N' Roses guitarist Slash. Excellent. <laughs> um, but yeah like john just did an air guitar in case um, you I guys just, were wondering um it's called a bill and ted reference oh okay which i've never seen bill and ted. um <laughs> i just know they do that but yeah but like this was like the show to be on even tom hanks was in an episode and directed that same episode like i feel like tales would have had like i feel like the environment and like what it would have been like on set for like whatever episode you were gonna do it would have been so much fun yeah oh my gosh yeah like dude to be on set in that old creepy mansion and like 
I mean, it probably wasn't even filmed in a mansion. It was probably just like a no, set. No, it was a set, but like they probably had like that's. But how cool would it be? But that's the thing. They had his own set because that Crypt Keeper is you had so many puppeteers working that thing. Yeah. And they probably had like a different set or location setting for the actual story itself. So they probably never actually got to see the Crypt set. Yeah. Because I can't. I was trying to read like information regarding the puppeteers. I could not make sense of it. And then John Cassier, who does the voice of the Crep Keeper, he, he, that voice is always going to stand out to me. Yeah. And then, you know... Well, kinda... and it was so unique. Like, I wish that someone would come out with another TV series like this unique and, like, bring horror back. But that's the thing. And bring crime back, like, in this type of element. But that's the thing they did. It's called American Horror Stories, and it failed. <laughs> no, 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 no. American Horror Stories is something totally different. Like, it's not like this. It's not like this. You kind of want, like, the little 30-minute, not an hour, a 30-minute story that has, like, the same elements and the same wackiness that you would get from Tell Correct. Yeah, and I okay. also want the theme and the spook vibe and the, you know, Iron Gate and stuff. Like, it doesn't have to be an Iron Gate. It could be another noise, but, like, I want the theme song and I want, like... It to come on late at night, and I want a reason to stay up late again and be like, "Oh my gosh, like the show's well, you know, on." They did try to bring it back. It actually went through a two two versions of a reboot, and it failed because I, they couldn't but the get the reason, money. What I'm but saying they couldn't is get the, the money. What I'm saying is the reason that we liked the show is because it was unique and it gave us something to look forward it to. Did. And like people just aren't coming up with cool stuff right now. Like I mean, there's cool horror out there, but it's not like this. It's, well, you, and I think it's because it's nostalgia, you know? Like, you just don't have people doing this type of stuff well, anymore. You know, like, well, people don't make it anymore. Well, you know, that's the thing. Like, I feel like this show, like, near the end of its season... We watched season seven, which is mostly known as the British season. Because every episode was in Britain, and it was, like, British horror. Yeah. I would love for Tales to do keep doing that, but other different cultures of horror, like, that we have now today alone. I would love that. Like, go to Australia. Let's see what's scary in Australia, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I mean, that's me. But, I mean, but before we wrap this up, did you know that this show has two spinoffs? Really? There's a cartoon. Oh, there's like a movie or something, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, so there's three spinoffs. There's okay. three different movies. Demon Knight, Bordello of Blood, and The Ritual. Demon Knight is the best one, in my opinion, because you have William Sadler. I have seen that one. You have Billy Zane, and you have Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. You have Bordello of Blood, which is Dennis Miller fighting this this really attractive woman who's a vampire, and she runs a bordello underneath a funeral home. Oh. See, I would, I would probably watch that. Corey Feldman's in that, but it's weird. Okay. I will say this. It has the worst... I'm gonna go ahead and spoil the ending of it real quick because it has the worst it has the worst ending ever. What is it? So they beat the so they beat everyone, right? And Dennis Miller and like the lady uh, love interest are like celebrating, you know, they're kissing and she's like starting to like kiss his neck and he goes, Ah, what's that smell? And she whispers, Sunblock And she's a vampire and basically you hear him screaming and that's how the movie ends. Wow. That's it was really stupid. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> that movie is not that. That movie. Sunblock. That can't. movie is not good. It's, I can't. That that movie's not great, but it's not as bad as the ritual, which that movie has an offensive Jamaican crep keeper. No. Like he has dreads. Oh my god. I'm going to show you a clip of it when we get off the show. It's oh my god. It's almost borderline insulting. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you've heard enough. <laughs> yeah, so you have the movies. You have a cartoon show, which basically it was Tales from the Crypt animated, but aimed at children. Okay. And the only thing... I wonder what that was like. It's actually on Amazon Prime right now. I've I've never seen that, but I feel like I need to give that a go and, like, see what happens. So, it's called Tales from the Crypt Keeper. It's on Prime right now, as of this recording. And there's only three seasons. And the only reason why I bring it up is because, you know, I mentioned the old comics and everything. Yeah. So, they have the Crypt Keeper and then two former mascots of the horror cartoon fighting the crepe keeper like as like the little gimmick storyline or whatever for control of the show wow okay and then you have you're not gonna believe it it's a game show yeah i gotta look up the title i'm sorry secrets of the crypt keepers haunted house oh my gosh where basically it's like legends of the hidden temple but with the crypt keepers house dude that show oh my gosh I'm go- i might show you an episode before we go to bed tonight just because it's wild. Oh gosh, we're in for it now. <laughs> but as always, it's time to wrap this up. April, I think it's obvious. This is a full-blown recommend for us both. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, as a rewatch or as a first-time watch, we didn't give away, you know, too much at all. Um, definitely check it out if you're into horror, if you're into like crazy lifetime movies and like <laughs> um lifetime. like home invasions and stuff like that or any type of Supernatural I don't know. If you're monster. into theme things, check it out. Like you'll like it. I feel like this needs to be on HBO Max because we had to go out and buy this. I can't find this. Anywhere. Definitely, this is definitely like HBO in the '90s vibes all the way. But it, that's the thing, though. This isn't on Max. It needs to be, or at least bring it back for like what you suggested and do an updated version of it. It really does need to be. Like I don't know why it isn't. I I don't know what people are doing, especially for the holiday season we're in. Bring it back. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe HBO Max will come out tomorrow and be like, hey, October 1st, surprise, he's back. I doubt it, but I would love that. In even a if they only did, like, one season, like, come on. Even do if they, it. Even if they did another crappy movie, I would be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I would be okay with that. Or maybe remake Demon Knight, because Demon Knight's really good. Dude, modern Demon Knight would be really cool. Especially if it's Billy Zane. <laughs> no, I hate Billy Zane. I know he's in Titanic. I've never seen Titanic. Demon Eye is the only Billy Zane movie I will actually watch. Yeah. Because he's... He he's... always looks like he's wearing eyeliner. I love that about him. I'm... Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I broke him. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, but as always, this has been the Flix- this has been the Flixology Podcast. As always, if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email at flixologypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to see what's going on in our world or what reels they're spooky, we are posting our Instagram, maybe Luna in a tutu guest. Please check us out at, at Flixology Podcast on Instagram. And I only say that because Halloween is literally around the corner. I saw that look you gave me. I was like, when did we take a video of Luna and Mitsutu? We, but... not, we might. 
I want to put her in like, I don't know, like a lobster or hot dog or I don't know. If you put her in a lobster, I'll dress up like Peter Griffin. I'll just go around going, rock lobster. <laughs> <laughs> but that concludes our analysis on Tales from the Crypt. Now, get ready for next week as teen screams do continue as we go back to the library and get a little chill down our arm as we look at R.L. Stein's Goosebumps. Goosebumps. I'm more excited about Goosebumps than any other show we did. This, I don't know. Uh, this, outside of All You Afraid of the Dark. But I don't know. I this, love that this, show. this episode right here, I'm I'm happy we just did. An I know episode. this is your favorite. I know this is your favorite. Oh, I could totally go back and do an analysis review of every episode. I know you could. We actually talked about doing like a one-off show or a Patreon account with like all in detail episodes one by one of Tales from the Crypt. So if you guys would like to see that please at any point, know. please let us know because it, we it is on our mind. Even if it's just me by myself or whatever, I don't care. I would totally <laughs> do it in a heartbeat because yeah. I love this show that much. But as always, this has been the Flixology Podcast. I'm your host, John. And April. Take it easy.